Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. What's cracking? Well, I've got to tell you, just the thought of the conversation we're about to have has already brightened my day, which is kind of funny because the book in question is <laughs> Grandfather Twilight. <laughs> so it's about a, a dimming of things, I guess. Yeah, but he's a very luminous guy. He is, so that's brightness right. Yeah. Is not and I will say I feel like this checks a lot of boxes for both of us in mm-hmm. terms of the, the kind of book that we enjoy talking about or the, the kind of book that, that justifies this kind of podcast. <laughs> so you've got, for you, um, as you've brought up before, the fact that it's the landscape of the book is one of your favorite landscapes, which is <laughs> contiguous forest ocean. <laughs> and, yeah, but I mean, yeah. And I was going to say, uh, for me, I love that this relaxes me um, <laughs> before bed, which I'm always looking for something for the for the parents. And then for you, I feel like this is an underrated book, which I think you, you like to talk in terms of ratings. I feel like I love this book so much, and I rarely encounter somebody that that's heard about it when it, whenever I mention it as a as a as a favorite. Um, and not even like, oh yeah, I think I've heard about it, but just yeah. And it's, it, th- there's some water under the bridge. It's uh, 1984. That's I right. Think. I'm looking through here. Yeah. Okay. And, but it was very well received. So, I I will say even reading the reviews of this book from the 80s is kind of a relaxing exercise. Hmm. So, so I'll just <laughs> uh, from from Newsweek, uh, Grandfather Twilight who walks through the forest holding a pearl that becomes the moon. An old man of sky goes out walking at the end of each day. In his hand, he carries a single pearl that grows with every step until, gently, he gives the pearl to the silence above the sea. All the, all the reviews are, are, are filled with words like even song and hymn <laughs> and mythology. <laughs> so you said luminous. So this, this book is great. <laughs> it's, it's a... Yeah, although I we'll get to this, but I have a theory for why maybe it never uh, really took off in uh, after after its initial reception. But anyway, and, and, like, and, and takeoff is also a relative a relative term. I mean, it's it's still in print and easily acquirable, and and the uh, easily acquired. And the author on her website talks about how much she's uh, she still gets feedback from it, and it, it still has this life. And so, um, you know, maybe be, maybe just because. It was on our radar. Doesn't mean that you know a lot of other people haven't been blessed with its luminosity. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so walk us through the uh, the very brief plot. Give people an overview of what what the book's about. Well, I mean, th- those reviews pretty much said it. I mean, it, it's a it's an it's an old man uh, made out of sky, Grandfather Twilight, who picks a, a yeah. So pearl. he he looks like sort of like a a, a sky before su- sunset, right? He's kind of right. like light. You can kind of see clouds in it. It's hard to describe, but well, he's, um, he looks a little bit like a sort of ghostly Santa Claus. 
mm-hmm. or maybe not Santa Claus. He's, he's not, but some kind of Kenji. He's a, a, a genial old man. It, it start. He's just he's just sitting on his armchair in the forest. Yeah, um, his armchair is out in the forest. That's which right. Is uh, amazing. Surrounded by woodland creatures, and then he takes a, a pearl out of a chest and begins walking through the forest. And the pearl, the pearl. Wait, can I can I interrupt? I gotta interrupt you first. Um, you know, before he does that, before he gets up and takes the pearl, he's very careful to um, comb his beard. That's right. Well, he closes his book. He combs his beard. Comes his jacket. Obviously, Grandfather Twilight's very fastidious. (laughs) Well, when you're responsible for Twilight, that's right. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to mess that up. (laughs) So yeah, so he. So he, he takes the, and, and the, one of the things I like so much about this book is that at a certain point, the, the midsection of the book, there's no, there aren't any words. It's just him walking through the, through the woods, trailing twilight in his wake as the pearl gets bigger and bigger. And then he gets to the, the, the seaside and then he, the, the pearls maybe basketball sized at this point, And then he kind of gently lofts it, or as the book says, gives the pearl to the silence above the sea. And then it turns out that the pearl's the moon, and then he goes back to his woodland home. And that's, uh, it's sort of a, a myth about maybe how twi- Twilight happens. I mean, it feels like this is one of those, like, kind of a creation myth kind of thing. How, well, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Well, the volcano is when, you know, the god of fire is banging on his forge. Like that, that kind of explanation story, right? Right, like, anthropomorphizing and, yeah, sort of right. natural. Yeah, or yeah. providing a narrative to some kind of natural phenomenon. But right. yeah. But but yeah, but the, but the best part of the book is, yeah, in my opinion, is just when it's just him walking. It's very restful, very very serene, mm-hmm. just walking the woods, holding that pearl with with his dog. It's great. Let's can we talk about the mechanics here? Like what's actually so? It's pretty clear that the the little pearl it grows as he walks, and then it becomes the moon. Um, although the book doesn't say that exactly, but that seems pretty clear right. um, that that's what's happening. My my initial take was that the the pearl is kind of the reason it grows is because it's like absorbing all the light from the day. Is that right? Am oh, I? I mean, or is that... you've obviously done a deeper dive into the science. Of... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I, I asked because it it feels like that's sort of the idea is yeah. that he's sort of like collecting all the light from the day and putting it up in the moon so that night comes. And then the moon but sort it of holds it. I, that I don't. Know. I just assumed that. So, but. Okay, we're we're really doing a, a deep dive here. I thought maybe well, it was what just we do. <laughs> that. Well, the, the, the pearl naturally, I didn't naturally uh, grows that big, and that that each because he has a whole strand of pearls um, in the chest, and so maybe once it's exposed to light, then it then it grows. I, I don't know. I hadn't. I, I guess I hadn't really thought through the mechanics of it very well. But what what do you well, say? But, I, I don't have any <laughs> argument. I don't have any sort of companion volume. Well, but really the counter argument like Mythbusters in the book is it doesn't seem to be getting darker as he's walking along. Right. Like the amount of light in in the in the scenes kind of stays the same. So I wasn't sure about that. Maybe maybe that's not the case. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll never know here. Um, but, uh, one of those unknowable mysteries. That's, <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with? Okay. So, and I don't quite understand. Maybe I'm being too analytical here, but I don't. I don't understand the trip. So he's walking through the woods, and there's sort of like clouds and twilight, and, and sort of uh, like clouds and a sunset are sort of trailing him. There's like a wake right. of of sunsetting sky behind him. What's What's the deal with that? Is that him like creating? Is twilight coming off of him? Yeah, um, so maybe maybe that's another thing. Maybe he just his 
his very passage through the woods is the twilight. His his essence is, is twilight, and so as he walks through the woods, I mean, so it's, it's not inter- that he's absorbing the light. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting what you think of twilight. Well, it's it's interesting because this is just what we think about twilight, and I guess dawn too is that uh, there's sort of a transitional thing rather than a thing in and of itself. It's like it's just right. the sun, be, you know, the, the world getting darker, and it's still you talk about a sunset, but it's it's like the act of I don't know, turning off the side. You know, it's, it's whereas for him, he himself, it, it's like twilight is this separate essence, and that's him, mm-hmm. and he's walking through the woods. And Which so, there's a long history. There, there, there are. There's a Greek god of the twilight, right? right? So there, there are. There's a long history of people thinking it should be a distinct thing, right? Even no, if so it's maybe not, technically, it's, it's, it's not just like it's not like he's. It's not like it's a story about you know he's the sun, and then twilight is you know twilight happens when something. he grows old or something like yeah. that. No, he's always twilight. He, you know, he. Uh, Maybe his beard isn't always as combed as it is before he sits off his journey, but he's pretty much the pretty much the same. Right, right. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the. Can we talk about the visual style yeah. a little bit because it's very distinctive. Yeah, um, soft, soft edge acrylic is one of those uh, glowing. Is that what it is? Yes, <laughs> that's what some of the glowing reviews mentioned. So, oh, okay. Well, it's um, it's odd. Like I don't know that I've ever. It doesn't remind me of anything, yeah. Which is, I feel like we read a lot of children's books, and so how would you characterize it, like w- the the visual style? Yeah, I, uh, I was I was trying to think of that. So it it looks like uh, sometimes this book reminds me of the covers of maybe older children's books or fairy tales, but just like the, the cover pieces. Does that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? So it's like, it, it almost feels sometimes when I read it, that the, that the entire book is that the, the internal pages are made up out of book covers. Oh, interesting. And what's distinctive about book covers that you're thinking of? Like that. I think that, that they're, uh, well, maybe part of it is the fact that, some of them are, there's a lot of, uh, like, a lot of these pages aren't meant to be interrupted by much in the way of words, or they, they, they kind of stand oh, yeah. alone, you know, and, and they, they, they tell a lot of the story kind of in a single frame, and it's a really light palette, but it is, it's pretty, it's, it's also pretty solid. <laughs> Yeah. Does that make any sense? Like it, it's it's a pretty it, it could each of them feels like it could be its own standalone, whether it's a book cover or advertisement or or, or something. You could just have that frame, and then there'd be a message. But then, I, I'm I'm not I'm kind of bungling this. But no, it's hard. I mean, it's but it, uh, but as you say, it's it's not like other things that that that, uh, that I'm used to seeing. We've, we've it strikes me as very iconic, like yeah. like an icon, in that it's very it's um there is depth to it, but it's it's flat. All of them are, are they they feel very flat, and I think part of it is the the lighting. Like it's it, it's it's strange that it's it's a book about light, but the it's the lighting doesn't create lots of depth. Like there aren't like really strong shadows and lighting effects. Like every part of the scene seems similarly oh, right. equally lit. weighted in terms of light. Yeah, I would not have noticed it, but you're absolutely right. Which is in, like. I don't know if that's intention. Like, it's just interesting because it it feels like a bit of a 
tension with the like when I when I started reading the story, I th- I literally thought to myself, okay, one of the visual like kind of gimmicks of this story is that it's going to be it starts off very light, and then each scene is going to get kind of progressively darker until we get to the end where it's basically night. But it's not it doesn't really happen. Like if you look at the last scene where he's in bed and the moon's out and it's it's very clearly nighttime, it's still fairly well lit. Yes. So I think it makes it, it makes it interesting. It may, it, again, it's kind of like a, maybe this lends itself to the idea that it's, it's sort of like a myth is that it's yeah. very, it, it's icon like. Right. Um, but it's also, and maybe this has something to do with people have a hard time interpreting it or kind of making sense of it because it, to me that the visual part of it is um, strange and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but and maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe that's part of it, um, is that twilight is like a strange time. You know right. night, you know day, but twilight is weird. Um, so I, I don't know. Your thoughts on that? Like, what do you, I'm trying to talk my way into making sense of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's – and I think that it's – well, it, it, it feels uh, – maybe part of it is that the, – uh, the, the author's terms talks about this being being able to ac- accompany children through kind of a like a st- sometimes stories to soothe them you're kind of accompanying them through strangeness and so uh, right now like sometimes like when when the uh, J- Jack is thrown off when like when he goes to bed and it's still light outside mm-hmm. and just. The, the distinction between day and night is something that he does think and, and talk about. And is it day? Is it night? Trend, and it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to handle transitional things that aren't either one thing or the other that aren't binary in, in that sure. way. And, and when you're and night's kind of a, a scary time because all of a sudden it's dark, but twilight's neither one. And so I don't know, maybe it's soothing to have uh twilight assume this kind of, really friendly calming aspect ah it's like a um you know what it is it's like a nightlight that's what this feels like to me it's like the room should be dark but it's still kind of lit up yeah Mm. that's really good i like that yeah interesting um yeah so i it is a fascinating okay so it's it's fascinating it's intellectually very fascinating but like you kind of hinted at at the beginning it it is just incredibly soothing too. It's right. very calming. It has this profound, like, anxiolytic effect. <laughs> yeah, and I think calming, um, and I calming to my children, but also to to the to me reading. Like, I really enjoy, and I think maybe that's something we don't talk enough about is the effect that <laughs> the children's book have on the adult. Because right. a lot of times when you're you're reading, like sometimes bedtime can be uh, not a, a chore, but like, okay, we've got a We've got to get through this and go through this ritual, and then we'll get. Then there's dishes to be done, or there's still something that I haven't finished up from work, or there's this, or there's there's a lot on your mind, and then, and then you you're kind of knowing. Well, I'm kind of expecting this to to take this amount of time, but but now we're in a period where Jack pops out and and wants to say has one more question that can last for thirty minutes, four five minutes, but it's kind of unclear like what the roll of the dice is going to be tonight, and so and. I don't know exactly how long the bedtime routine is going to take, and I'm fretting about that a little bit, and I've got something else. And, and then this is a chance to sort of be at ease yourself, and maybe that can be communicated to your children too when they realize that you're 
relaxed by what you're reading. Do you think this book is uniquely good at doing that, at, at being soothing to the kid and the adult? Um, or do you th- think maybe we just haven't paid enough attention to that previously? Well, there's, there's other... Uh, there's other books. I mean, this reminds me of books like Journey. That, I mean, just all the books that have really great for a sort of Twilight Forest scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Good Night Moon uh, is obviously very soothing. And I'm sure that there are others like this, but I like, this might be one of my very favorites in that category and doesn't seem to be... It's, it's a book that uh, I think Chelsea had when she was a kid. But otherwise, I don't think that I would have ever uh, stumbled on it. I think for me as an adult, one of the things that helps it be soothing um, a little bit, um, not paradoxically, counterintuitively maybe, is the fact that it's not, the the narrative isn't in rhyme. Because I, I think as a reader, sometimes the um, rhyming verse gets me into more of a performative mode when I'm reading, yeah. whereas... Um, this just sort of straight prose is I can relax a little bit more. Um, with it's it. funny because the other example we talked about, Goodnight Moon, is very much rhyme scheme driven. You know, you, I think if it wasn't rhyme scheme driven, I don't think that there ever would have been a bowl of mush if, it, if you weren't just looking <laughs> for something to rhyme with hush. You know? <laughs> no, but, but maybe that's why I've never thought about it as being soothing to me. I think of it as a soothing book and I think yeah. of it as potentially soothing for my kids, but I, it never occurred to me like with this one that... Um, it would have that effect on me. Yeah, I guess um, with the rhyme scheme, you, you know, like, okay, there's going to be, an, I've got to make sure that there's the next page is going to be another line that rhymes with this one. So I've right, I really got to nail the emphasis. Yeah, and right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's it makes me think more, I, I should think more about books that will help um, soothe me because I think that's, ultimately that's one of those things that is going to help. There's a strong correlation I have found between nights when my kids are sort of, hectic and, and stressed out and everything's hard at bedtime and when internally I'm feeling that way like I've had a long day I'm kind of stressed out like surely that gets um transmitted in some way to to our kids right when we're stressed out um and I, I will say that there, there's another way in which this my particular copy reminded me uh to maybe take a beat and not be so stressed and not to overcomplicate things and that's that in this particular copy there's only one so it's somebody else had it it's it's like a thrift store copy i think or it's, it's second hand and and there's only one notation in it and it's uh it's by the where he talks about the, the strand of pearls and under like right above it somebody the, the previous owner had written h e b r a which I, I i took to meant like hebra or hebra so mm-hmm. it's like, very bizarre that this is the one word that they had. So I, I, lo- I looked it up. I was like, "What is the significance?" And it's a it's like a land in the Legends of Zelda, and it's a, it's a it's a particular it's a type oh. of like marine snail, and then it's also an Austrian physician, Ferdinand Ritterbahn. <laughs> and, and then, of course, like the obvious thing is that it's just like Ebra is just Spanish for strand. <laughs> so somebody just that <laughs> one word. I'm really. Interesting. And so maybe, you know, that's also reminder. just, it's, it, it is the word itself. So, I mean, maybe that's part of the key here is that sometimes, I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't need to figure out exactly how the mechanism of twilight works with, with the pearl and we can just let, let it be what it is. Take it for what it is. Yeah. That's a good one. Underrated. underrated. Very underrated, I would say. All right, people, let's, uh, let's get this to uh, properly rated. So go out and buy yourself a copy of Grandfather Twilight. <laughs>
Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.